0: Hi, this is Jan Miyazaki, the host of the Wednesday 8 o'clock buzz. Thank you for tuning into WORT. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a donation at wortfm.org. donate. Hey, um, Joining me is Longtime. Peace activist Kathy Kelly, founding member of Voices in the Wilderness, co-coordinator of Voices for Creative Nonviolence, coordinator of the Ban Killer Drones campaign. And Ban Killer Drones is part of a new coalition urging House Democrats to investigate the U.S. military's systematic cover-up of civilian casualties caused by its drone attacks in places including Afghanistan, Pakistan, Somalia, Yemen, Niger, Libya, the Philippines, Iraq, and Syria. Um, Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for joining me. Well, good morning, Jen. Thanks so much for inviting me. Hey, Kathy, you know, um, folks may have seen the report in the New York Times of civilian casualties um, file um, the investigation into uh, the civilian casualties caused by these um, drone attacks. Can you tell us What we know. um, In in, to summarize,
1: yeah, Asmat Khan, who wrote
0: that report, had spent
1: five years uh, trying to use many very very difficult measures to figure out how many civilians have been killed or displaced or maimed uh, are casualties of drone attacks, and she had to sue the military. The Pentagon. in order to get information. She had to spend enormous amounts of money on legal fees for Freedom of Information Act information. She then traveled to the region. She went to areas in Mosul, in uh, Syria, and she uh, very assiduously and with very good translators you know, t- tried to get eyewitness accounts, did all kinds of mapping of areas, and she came up with the conclusion that in fact, thousands of people have been killed by drone attacks, and the United States military cannot say, oh, whoops, that was a mistake. She said this is a, a, a consistent pattern of the military acting with impunity. Now, that covered a, a four-and-a-half-year stretch, but these drone attacks have been waged for the past 20 years in the so-called war on terror, terrifying other people, maiming, displacing, and killing people, bereaving families, causing people enormous harm, and very seldom is there any kind of reparation made because the United States doesn't have to account for it, and and the CIA doesn't have to even mention that they've used drone attacks to go after their so-called high-value targets. So Asma Khan did a great favor, and the New York Times, I think, um, was very ethical in publishing this story. But the Congress doesn't have to file the Freedom of Information Act, uh, requests. They don't have to sue the government. They represent us, and all they have to do is say, hand it over. Hand over the video footage, which exists after every drone attack there's video footage of exactly what happened. And we should have this. Democracy is based on information. We need this kind of information because the drone technology and drone warfare is rapidly accelerating. Um, I could go on, Jan. The, the, so, <laughs> the, so, so the
0: Ban Killer Drones campaign, the um, coalition that is calling for the Congress to do just that, to make available videotapes, Action reports and other documentation of mm-hmm. all U.S. drone attacks. Can, can can you talk about what you are seeking to happen?
1: Well, exactly what you just said. We believe that the U.S. Congress should tell the Department of Defense to give it—you know—basically demand the information, all of the intelligence that they have regarding every attack that's been waged by the U.S. over the past 20 years. And, uh, you know, this is in multiple countries, uh, Iraq and Syria and Afghanistan, but also in Somalia, in Libya. And, you know, also I think it's important to acknowledge that the United States has sort of planted a very bad seed and the proliferation of drones is becoming more and more evident, even in you know, in as much as drones are being used in attacks against Israel, against Saudi Arabia. This technology is it's sort of like a poor man's capacity for making very serious warfare. Uh, you can get uh, computerized images, 3D images, and, and build a drone. And so the Houthis have done that and have attacked uh, Saudi Arabia. Now, they haven't come anywhere close to what the Saudis have done bludgeoning Uh, Yemen with their air attacks that are using weapons supplied by the United States and training and maintenance supplied by the United States. But nevertheless, this drone proliferation should be of great concern to the Congress. There is a, a commission called the Tom Lantos Human Rights Commission, and there's also a Subcommittee of the House Oversight and Reform Committee for the Congress, and that subcommittee is called National Security. So we're we're trying to lobby Representative Peter Welch in Vermont and Representative Stephen Lynch in uh, the Boston area, and then also seek support from Representative Jim McGovern in Northampton, Massachusetts, and and start moving the effort. To get the Congress to do what it should do, um, take control over the military, so that the military contractors don't constantly get the upper hand and make more and more money.
0: So it's, uh, it's so we we're, we're seeking documentation for drone attacks, not just waged by the U.S. military, but also um, private contractors. Do we know who they are? Well. No, they don't. They're not required to
1: to file the information. So much of that comes from things like what Asma Khan and the New York Times were able to do. People being on the ground. Jeremy Scahill has done a tremendous amount of research. Um, But but I believe the Congress could demand that information. I I mean, one of the things that comes to mind is the Special Inspector General in Afghanistan reports and the Special Inspector General on Iraq reports and plenty of information came through those reports, but the Congress people weren't in the habit of reading them. So it's their job. This is what they're supposed to be doing in order to legislate uh, acts that would actually make people more secure from the threats of war, which the United States is constantly exacerbating. And, you know, there's a fellow named Admiral Charles Charles Richards who um, has said that in the event of an of a military engagement with China, the artificial intelligence weaponry would become so sophisticated on both sides that the only way the United States really could get the upper hand, because they lose in these simulated war games with China time after time after time, the only way the U.S. could get the upper hand would be to uh, have recourse to... Nuclear weapons. And he said nuclear weapons would become a probability, not a possibility, in the event of a military engagement with China. And that was flagged by Professor Richard Falk, who tried very hard to call attention to that. And I think we, we, we have to sit up and take note. You know, these dr- drones could even be armed with nuclear weapons. And right now, in terms of artificial intelligence, the drone technology is a software upgrade away from fully autonomous autonomous, uh, weaponry where there's no human being involved. So do we want to go in that direction in this very dangerous world? And, you know, what's more, if we don't collaborate with so-called enemies, especially China, I think, you know, Noam Chomsky has told us, if we... Don't collaborate on issues of climate catastrophe and pandemic and nuclear weapons. We're doomed. So I say that this drone technology is a very sinister thing that's gone unexamined, unnoticed. And so we certainly should call attention to the casualty files that the New York Times created, civilian casualty files by Asmat Khan. But we need to do more. We need to get on the phone to our Congress people and express our grave concerns.
0: The um, Banned Killer Drones campaign is calling for an uh, international treaty banning weaponized drones and for accountability the, you know, to reveal the devastating human cost on civilians. And you know, these result in hideous, what are described as hideous atrocities. Um, can you talk about those that survive? Well, you know, one
1: family that's on our minds so much, we've launched a sort of smaller campaign, but a very important one called Don't Look Away. On August 29th, the United States, after the attack on the Karasai International Airport in Afghanistan, was uh, had vowed revenge. 13 Marines were killed. Over 150 Afghans were killed. They, with their drone intelligence, had followed a particular man in his car. The man was um, uh, Zamari Ahmadi. And they they called confirmation bias. They became more and more biased to confirm that this guy was working for ISIS and was picking up weapons and was going to go to the airport and do another attack. And so they had to get rid of him they followed him for 8 hours this wasn't you know fog of war by any means samaria ahmadi had his bags packed and that of his family members to go to the united states he had been working for a united states ngo based in california called nutrition international uh, nutrition education international he was the kind of guy who was distributing food at refugee camps he was beloved in his neighborhood because he had the company car and he would do errands for other people. There's a drought in Kabul and all across Afghanistan. He had picked up water canisters and gently, gingerly placed those in the back of his car. And as the drone footage was you know, following grainy imagery and they couldn't quite see, they they concluded, oh, those are weapons. He had gone to his boss's home to pick up his boss's computer. He was driving back into his driveway where the family... Had a tradition all the kids would always come out when Daddy drove home, and two of the older kids would get a chance to park the car and all the other kids would squeal and laugh. One of the children appeared on the video screen was on the screen for two minutes, and the impact order was given anyway and the drone the predator drone fired a hellfire missile. those hellfire missiles land a hundred pounds of molten lead on top of a car or a person, and then it's like a lawnmower. This, uh, these um, blades sprout out and begin to rotate, to chop up everything or everybody. So 10 people in the Ahmadi family were killed, including three toddlers, seven children, Zumari Ahmadi himself, uh, the The Ahmadi family by October 15th, this happened August 29th, had not heard one word from the United States. They're at great risk because he worked with Westerners, and the Taliban say, if you worked with Westerners, we have a right to kill you. And they want to be evacuated. There wasn't one word of compensation. And as of now, from the at least December uh, report in the New York Times, they still haven't gotten out of the country, and there still hasn't been a a compensation offered. And General Milley initially said of the attack it was a righteous attack, and then after the United States military did their investigation, the person, General Sami Said, who was in charge of that investigation, said no wrongdoing was done. But when you kill 10 innocent people, and three of them are toddlers, how can you say nothing? nobody did anything wrong? So they kind of equip themselves to get green lights to go ahead and do more. Well, do we think other countries aren't going to say, well, if the United States can do this, why should we restrain ourselves? This was a war crime.
0: You know, the U.S. Uh, politicians you know, try to avoid a U.S. body bag count. Um, but they and and, you know, people are seasoned to um, not look. So, to your campaign is to not look away, that a body bag's a body bag. Mm.
1: And, you know, some people, Jen, will say, well, isn't it better to use drones and these precision strike weapons than to have boots on the ground? But, in fact, there are many. Quote, boots on the ground working for the CIA, producing false intelligence. Yeah. Uh, and and then, you know, General said, said, well, you have to look at the context. you know there was this attack at at the airport. But you know, I think it's important to look at the wider context, and that's requiring us to look at Daniel Everett Hale. Daniel Hales and Marion penitentiary serving four years for being a drone whistleblower. And it was he who disclosed to Jeremy Scahill, who works at The Intercept, and is a brilliant reporter. um, Daniel Hale gave Jeremy the information that proved by government documents
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: 90% of the time during a five-month stretch, the
0: drone attacks had hit the wrong person. That's right. When you look at those the the actual documents that are available at the New York Times website that are the civilian casualty files those are just all civilian casualties it's just uh, and that means that you know
1: breadwinners are killed and and then mothers and children don't have any way to survive it means that people feel like, you know, this could happen again, and so they run away to another spot. And many times, people had already been fleeing conflicts and armed conflict and thought they were hiding in a warehouse in an isolated spot. And and then this confirmation bias, this uh, certainty that they've really got the right uh, group and they, they've got to take them out before that group does something uh, nefarious, they will say, uh, and and you know, again and again, the people that they see it only appear as as blobs on their screen, and the the technology is not such that the drone footage, if it's uh, not flying very low and on an extremely clear day, can get anything other than a, a sort of a blob. There was one time when a group of people were fleeing in. Um, uh, sorry, in Afghanistan, they were going to a marketplace. Uh, They they lived in a rural province. They were going to Kabul. It was a caravan of shopkeepers and grandmothers and babies. They were going to get medical care. They were so excited because they were going out of their hometown. And they were mistaken as a group of terrorists and a group of U.S. paratroopers had landed on a hillside, and they felt that they were at risk as this caravan was getting nearer. And so, um, again, this confirmation bias was that, yes, this is a group that has to be taken out. And you can watch in the film National Bird the actual footage from the military and hear the discussion that was going on. And there was an argument. People were saying, well, uh, I don't know, that might be a child that I saw. And, And they told themselves they're each holding a weapon. Well, each of those weapons turned out to be turkeys the family was bringing to their loved ones in Kabul. Um, and and so they hit the first and the third car in that caravan, and 21 people were killed.
0: Kathy, it's so important to... Um, be hearing this this morning I'm um, going to be talking with somebody in a minute about the impact of the sanctions in Afghanistan I've got to say um, so, um, so long for this morning again pushing for Congress to investigate the um, civilian ca- casualties caused by the um, drone air wars um, hey Kathy I'll, I'll talk to you again soon and um, you take care well,
1: thank you so much. And we certainly should unfreeze Afghanistan and take those horrid sanctions away as well. Thank you, Jen. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.